Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you What's Working Now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Kia ora and welcome to episode 91 of Business Your Way. A couple of weeks ago, I was chatting with Rachel Claver here on the podcast, and we briefly touched on so many topics. And this got me thinking over the last couple of weeks is how can I dive into all of that goodness that her and I briefly touched on? So I've sat down and planned out a few episodes for you that dives deeper into those topics that Rachel and I just, we didn't even scratch the surface on. But she's been in business for 20 years, just like myself. And over that time, we've learned so many lessons. We've fallen flat on our face. We've gone to the brink of burnout and crashed, but got back up again, rethought our business, reinvented our business and brought it back and then grew that some more. And then, you know, lots of failures and wins along the way. And I'm want to really dive into all of those topics a little further with you because this podcast is all about providing you that behind the scenes stories and the lessons learned from business owners who have been in the trenches because I don't know about you but there I find that there are a lot of like professionals and I'm air quoting the professionals who tell us what we should be doing or give us models and frameworks and try this, try that. This is a framework, this is a framework. You should be doing this, you should be doing that. There is just a lot of noise out there. And then you have to take all of that noise and bring it into your business and try and work out what works for you. And what I find is these professionals, again, air quoting professionals, they haven't actually been in business for themselves. So they don't know what it's like being the business owner and you're juggling many different things. So on this podcast, that was my aim from the very beginning was to open the bonnet and give you a look underneath all of the messiness that goes on inside a service-based business so you don't feel alone in running your business. 
because it's my experience that as I was trying to grow my business, maybe in like those first 10 years, I was doing lots of workshops. Every time I came across a challenge, I would think about who can I get to help me on this or where can I go to get help to work out how to do this better. And there were so many people giving great advice, but for the most part, those people hadn't been where I was. And I was always trying to interpret what they were saying into how that would work for me and my business in my small service-based business. I mean, I remember I went to one workshop because, you know, my team was growing and I wanted to get better at what did a performance appraisal look like? How did those conversations go? How do I activate a regular cycle of performance appraisal in my small business? So I went to a workshop and the workshop content it was kind of good, but the whole way through the workshop, the trainer or the facilitator was always talking about the HR department. It's the HR department's role to do XYZ. And then you should have, you know, an annual performance appraisal. And that should look like, you know, these five page, 10 page forms that you have to develop and get those done, bring them back, evaluate them, and then sit down once a year and have this conversation, really in-depth conversation about all of these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't my business. This isn't how I run my team, that I'm not so formal. We're just a small team. So I know everyone you know, on first name basis and I know their families and I know their children and I know where they live and I know what they do for hobbies. You know, it was a small team. And when you have a small team, you really know and care deeply about your employees. So in this workshop, I was having to treat them like they were just these people at arm's length. And I had to go through this really formal process and it felt super uncomfortable. One part of me knew that I I had to have a formal conversation with my team members around their job, their performance. We had to have an honest conversation about what was working and what wasn't. But in this workshop that I attended to help me formulate how I could approach it in my business, I really walked out the door overwhelmed, feeling like, None of that was for me. And so I went back to my business and I sat down and I went and I just I just put all of that information in the bottom drawer and and just didn't do anything with it because it wasn't fit for purpose for my business. And so I've, you know, experimented over the years and now I've got to a point where the conversations that I have with my team are yes, formal but informal at the same time. We're still having a a conversation that feels comfortable, but we're talking about what's working, what's not. And for the things that aren't working, how can we find a way forward? What can we do as a team? What can I do as the business owner to overcome these challenges, to smooth the path, to make this better for everybody. How do we overcome our challenges? 
What work do you need to do? What work do I need to do? What needs to change? And so I'm really comfortable now at where I've got to with that. But the crux of the story is that you can get really good information from other places, but if they're not coming from people who have been where you are now in business, it's just of no value to you. So with all of that said, in this episode, I want to talk about pricing models. So with all of that said, going back to me reflecting on my conversation with Rachel Claver and all of the good stuff that we talked about in that episode, the first topic that I wanted to pick out from our conversation was pricing right. So in this episode, I want to talk about pricing models and what are the options as a service-based business owner. Have you heard the saying, charge what you're worth? I mean, what does that even mean? And that's one of those like phrases that I hear lots of people saying, charge what you're worth, charge what you're worth. And I'm like, that actually means nothing. It has got no tangible way of working out charging what you're worth. Because if you're pricing on that saying, charge what you're worth, you could end up by charging way too much for your services or not charging enough because you're basing your prices on your self-esteem. So if you're a person who is super confident, you could be overcharging. Or if you are on the opposite end of that spectrum and you're unsure about your pricing and the value of your service, then you could be undercharging for your service. So I want you to discard that saying. If you ever hear it again, just like block your ears, block it out. Because how I look at it is that saying is asking you to base your services off your own self-esteem, again, which is, that's no way to be pricing your services and for you to be drawing money into your business as a business owner. We need to think of it a bit more strategically than, you know, plucking a price out of the air based on your self-esteem and how confident you feel with the price that you're charging. So that is why today I want to talk to you about pricing your services and more specifically we're going to take a look at the various pricing models because business owners start, well, especially service-based business owners, we start with an hourly rate and then we get stuck trying to figure out how to grow our business without working more hours. And if that's currently where you're at, if you are still trying to nut out your pricing or if you've been charging an hourly rate and you're not sure, you're not quite sure how to move past that hourly rate, then this episode is for you. Alrighty, let's take a look at the different pricing models. So first up, we've got the hourly rate. So just as I mentioned, most service-based business owners start out by charging their clients based on the number of hours that they work for them, which really is just the glorified job. But that's where we start because we don't know any better. We just might be testing our feet with this business thing. So this model is 
It's straightforward. And that's why we start with it. We can easily work it out. We just set an hourly rate. We track the number of hours that we want to work. And that's what we charge our clients. But this this way of pricing your services is going to be limiting in terms of scalability. And it may not capture the value that your service is actually delivering to your client. Because again, you are choosing an hourly rate based on what you think you are worth. So if that's where you started, start there. Like it's not a bad place to start. It gets your business started. It gets clients in the door. You start working out what's working, what's not. And then there's a point where we need to move past that charging of an hourly rate. So the second pricing model that I want to, you know, for you to consider or, you know, to present to you is the project-based pricing. So this is where you provide a fixed price for a specific project or a scope of work. This model works really well for well-defined projects with clear deliverables and a clear timeline. And it's usually for one-off projects. Now, the first time I experienced this and this term scope of work was when we engaged a, a computer company. I think they were back in the day. I hired them to establish a server in our offices so we could all work off the same files. So we had a server, all of our files were based on that server and we could all share amongst the team. So I engaged a computer company to establish our in-house server and then connect all of our computers to it. They gave me a scope of work and said we're going to do A, B, C and D and this is the price that it's going to cost you. And this is the timeline that you can expect it to take for delivery, which was great because that particular service, I wanted to really know how long it was going to take before my team would be up and running on a server in the office and we could have all of our files migrated for the individual computers into a server environment. So that was great. I really, as the end user of the project brace pricing, I thought it was fabulous. I knew exactly what I was getting, when I was getting it, and how much it was going to cost me. So project-based pricing might be, you know, might work for you. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, to jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. So the next option you have is retainer-based pricing. So this is where you could charge a reoccurring fee for ongoing services or a set number of hours per month. Comes back to, you know, that hourly rate again. So I like to think about this one as uh, a reoccurring charge for ongoing services. So in this instance, you could be a bookkeeper and the services you deliver each and every month are exactly the same. So you charge a retainer for your services. Makes perfect sense, right? Right. 
Retainers offer stability and predictability for you as the business owner. You know what your income is going to be each and every month and you know exactly what you need to deliver for your clients each and every month. That retainer, however, does not have to be based on an hourly rate. I just want you to plant that in the back of your mind. Your retainer-based pricing does not have to be based on an hourly rate. You can use value-based pricing, which is you know, the next pricing model that you could consider for your business. So a value-based pricing is when you set prices based on the perceived value of your service to your client. So this model, it focuses on the outcomes and the benefits that your client will receive rather than the time and effort that you're investing or that you and your team are investing into delivering the service. I really like value-based pricing because you're working towards the outcome and it depends on what that outcome is as to the value that your client will place on that outcome. So it's not being based on your hourly rate or anything like that. It's being based on your ability to deliver a specific outcome for your client or a benefit for your client. So I'm I'm a huge fan of the value-based pricing. Gosh, this is going to get my tongue tied quite a bit, isn't it? This value-based retainer-based, project-based hourly rates. But let's keep moving. Let's move on to the next one, which is performance-based pricing. Linking your fees to the specific performance metric or outcome that you are going to achieve for the client. So this model aligns incentives and it encourages you and your team to deliver on a measurable result. So when I think about performance-based pricing, my immediate thought goes to uh, real estate agents. This is a great pricing model for them, which is what you'll find most real estate agents use, is they get paid a percentage of the sale price of the house. And the real estate agents don't get paid until the house is sold, which really gives them some incentive to work hard on selling the house and getting a good price for the house for their client. Because the greater the house price that they they secure a sale of, then the bigger reward or incentive they're going to get because their performance-based pricing is a percentage of the house sale. So we've used performance-based pricing before when we have been working with clients on securing sponsorship. So we've not got paid until we have secured sponsors and then we get paid a percentage of the amount of the sponsorship that we have secured. So you could probably think about, you know, a number of different ways that that performance-based pricing can be used. All right, the next pricing model I have for you is hybrid pricing. This is where you are combining multiple pricing models to accommodate different types of projects or clients. So for example, you could combine project-based pricing 
and hourly rates for additional services outside of the project scope. So you give a client a project-based pricing. It's for a specific scope of services at a fixed price. But then you also give the client, this is our hourly rate. If there are services that you would like us to do in addition to the scope of the project that we're carrying out for you. And then the client goes, great, that's all good. I know if I want more, I know what my hourly rate is. And it could be anything from one hour to another 10 hours. I understand. The other hybrid model you could consider is value-based pricing plus performance-based pricing. So it could be you are working on a project with a client and it could be when you reach your first milestone, you are going to get a fixed price, which is your value-based pricing. So they're going to give you a fixed price for a defined outcome, which is milestone one of the bigger project. But when you achieve the outcome or the agreed end goal, then the incentive payment is paid. So therefore, you're combining both your value-based pricing and your performance-based pricing. Now, there are many ways that you could slice and dice these pricing models to come up with, you know, what's right for you. But there are a couple more that I want to share with you. So the next one is tiered pricing. So offering different pricing tiers with varying levels of service and features. So this model provides your clients with that have different budgets with different needs. It also encourages the upsell of your services. So when you're talking with a client, they've got a, you know, they've got a limited budget at this time. And so your tiered pricing is we can just help you with stage one. We'll help you with X, Y, and Z. And then you know, once you've helped them with X, Y, and Z, they are then going to need your help with that next phase of their business or that next outcome that they want to get. And like phase one might give them the money that they need to then reinvest back in their business to do phase two of the project. So this can be used in many different scenarios, but it's meeting your client where they're at with the exact problem that they have and providing your first tier of service delivery right then and there. And then when they when you've done that tier, then they go on to the next tier and the next tier. So this could be a staged approach. Think of it like that as well. And then the final pricing model I have for you today is subscription-based pricing. This is where you are offering services on a reoccurring subscription basis, similar to software as a service model. So if you, for example, are zero users, you will know that in order to use your accounting system and you're using the zero accounting system, you're paying a monthly fee to use that software as a service. So this approach provides ongoing value to your clients and it establishes predictable reoccurring revenue for you as the business owner. Now, when I first heard of this pricing model being used for service-based business owners, I was like, that is genius. 
So it's a business where they are helping their clients with their Kajabi setup and the maintenance and the ongoing needs that their clients have with Kajabi. So Kajabi is a software as a service platform and you can use it for all kinds of things like your email marketing, um, your sales pages, uh, your coaching service, your website, it can be, a whole lot of things can be done on Kajabi. Usually the business owner, they're not a Kajabi expert and they're just like, can I have someone to do that? They don't want to employ someone full-time into their business to do it and they don't want to have to engage and go through all of the engagement processes when they just need an hour of somebody's time. So this business owner set up a subscription model and the client pays a subscription which entitles them to a bundle of services every month that the client has to book in for. So if the client books in for their services within the bundle that they've got a subscription for, then they get delivery on the service that they're paying for. If the client doesn't take action to book in any services that particular month, they still have to pay their subscription. So some months you will you might have some things, some months you might not have anything. But it it's similar, I would say, to a retainer, but it, you're not delivering services each and every month like you are if you're a bookkeeper or an accountant. This is allowing the client to book in for services when they have a need. But they're paying a subscription for the benefit of of you being available to them every month to book in and have their work done. So as a business owner, you have got predictable reoccurring income. And as a client, you've got that peace of mind knowing if I need something fixing on my sales page or if I need an email campaign to be set up, I can just reach out, I can book that in and I know that it's going to get done. They can rely on your services, they know who they're dealing with, and they get what they want. And when I heard, like, this was something completely new to me, like I understood subscription-based pricing from a membership point of view, you know, associations charge subscriptions all the time, that's great, they get delivery on their subscription, but I hadn't heard about this pricing model for a service-based business. So this is relatively new to me, but when I heard about it, I thought, how smart was that business owner? This is a super smart business model. She is booked out continuously. So her clients know that if they want their work done, they need to get it booked in. So the one con for this one, I would say, is that it does require defined boundaries and you can't be afraid of enforcing those boundaries with your clients. But I think it's a super smart way to go. So when you're considering your pricing model, it isn't about selecting just one of these options that I've shared with you today and basing it on, oh, that sounds good, let me do that. It will actually depend on your specific business model your target market, the nature of your services, how you've packaged it up, how you've positioned your business. There's a whole lot of 
variables that will go into you deciding on your specific pricing model. Sometimes a combination of models or a customized pricing structure may be used to suit your unique requirements in order to maximize the value for both you and for your client. Like it has to be a win-win for everybody here. And each service product or package inside of your business might have slightly different pricing models. So it's not about choosing one pricing model for your entire business. It's thinking about what are my services, how are they packaged, and what's the most appropriate pricing model for that service package. There is no one size fits all. And as always, it comes back to doing business your way. Now, if pricing is one of those areas in your business that you know needs some attention, but you're not sure where to start when it comes to choosing the right model. So if you'd like, I can help you work through what is the pricing model that's going to be the best fit for your business. Go ahead and book a call. In the show notes, there is a link. It is sandrajulian.co forward slash book a call. And let's talk about how we can design a growth plan for your business that includes pricing your services according to what's going to work for you and what's going to work for your client based on your business model, your target market, your nature of your services, all the things. I'd really love to help you with this area of your business. So go ahead, book a call and let's talk. Before you go today, I want to thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes and you can read a full blog of the episode at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like to reach out to me and chat about anything on today's episode or any of the previous episodes on the podcast, then I've got a link in the show notes so you can leave me a voice message or a video message. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty, have a productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.